When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholics.com, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, Game Source, and of course, our friends of the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. <sighs> Good thing it's only exhibition season. LeBron and Russ are still out of the lineup, but we still have much to learn about this team after another disappointing performance, per se, in a preseason, because they did unfortunately lose 117-105 to 105 at Phoenix. So we are going to be talking about that today. Who looked good, who didn't, and... What does the team still need to work on as we head into Friday's game and more into the preseason? Here today to talk about that and more are two great guests indeed. They are the guys behind Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. First off, the mastermind behind it all, it is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. I mean, again, we got to be taking this with a grain of salt. But still, two blowout losses in a row to start the exhibition season cannot be all good news. Well, I don't think any of it's all good news, Gerald, but it's kind of interesting. I I watched the first game sort of more as a fan, you know, just basically watching the game, rooting for the fact that we finally had Lakers basketball and so forth. Unfortunately, because that first game was at the same time as the Yankee game and the, and the 49ers game, you know, I... I really missed most of the key parts of the game, especially when, when we rest put in peace, New York. Out. Rest in yeah. peace. Uh, rest in peace. I think kick dirt on their grave. The game today I thought was interesting. There's a couple of things that I thought were positive about it. Malik Monk. Aiden started at, Aiden started at center. So I'm happy about that, of course, because Xfinity didn't have me signed up for NBA TV. This I is true. Part of the game. But by the time I got in at halftime, we were down 10. By the time I finally got everything organized and everything, I found out we were down like 31 by the time I really got in and watched the game. And then ever since I watched the game, we did really well. We had a 27-6 run. We finished within 12 points. Um, and I, there were some things I really did like that I saw. 
number one is that we're playing five out. You know, even when we have the bigs in the game, you'll notice that a lot of the time they're out there setting screens out beyond the arc rather than being in the dunker spot clogging it up. And so I saw a lot of actions and, and there was a there was actually a podcast, a Lakers exceptionalism pod with Tim from Cranjus McBasketball that basically had gone over a whole bunch of plays and, and had a same impact that I did in watching the game today. And a lot of what I was watching today was highlighted by Tim in his podcast because the Lakers were really doing a lot of things in conjunction on the on the weak side when they had the ball on the strong side, they would have actions going on on the weak side. They have cutters opening up and so forth. I thought the screening and so forth was very good. The execution is bad at this point in time. You know, look at the teams that we played. They're both teams with fairly continuous, same people coming back. You know, um, we didn't have uh, Booker today, but that's about basically the only person who wasn't playing. And and they played. They played pretty much like they were playing, you know, in the playoffs. They basically were hitting their shots and, and moving the ball and making good plays. So I'm very happy with what I'm seeing in the Lakers lineup. Believe me, I mean, I'm sure you two agree that, you know, they have not having Russ and not having LeBron are kind of major factors for a Lakers team. And with 11 new players out of the 14, you know, you can't expect everything to be going really well. I thought the players played well, and I like how we came back in the second half of the game, uh, the second half of the fourth quarter. I thought there was some good effort in that part. I thought there were, again, over and over, I kept seeing good movement outside and lots of room to drive in the middle. It's going to be awful hard when you imagine LeBron, AD, and Russ in a five-out set attacking somebody. I don't know how they're going to stop that because this looked really good. I mean, you put five out like that and you give the ball to LeBron and the minute a guy comes over to double him, whoever comes over just has to cut to the basket, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be a very hard defense offense to stop for a lot of teams. And it looks like Frank is pretty committed to really taking advantage of the lineup. So from that standpoint, I'm a happy camper. I, I, you know, we all have to remind ourselves that the score doesn't matter because it is preseason because, None of us like to lose, and I'm sure the Lakers don't like it either. Um, but overall, um, I'm happy with what I saw today. I am kind of still apprehensive because this is two games in a row that the defense really has not shown up yet. So there's still a lot of learning curve to understand Frank Vogel's philosophies on the defensive end. And this is something that was a concern for, with all the new acquisitions, that it was more shot oriented it was more offensive oriented and the defense we knew was going to take a hit there's not going to be any way that they're number one again this year i have a feeling that everybody knows that but they weren't number one last year actually they were yeah well they were they were statistically they were the number one defense last year i mean even without lebron and ad in the lineup they still held the number one spot defensively in their ratings so uh, I still consider them the number one defense last year, but then again, they didn't. They had the, almost what the number thirty offense last year, which was their undoing. So, when now you're flipping that around, I'm just hoping that the defense can be good enough. And right now, obviously, when you give up so many points in the second and third quarter, that's still an issue. It's a concern. It's not a great concern, but again, it's preseason, so hopefully they'll work the Kings out. But here today to talk about the game as well as a good man indeed he's our lakers historian and he provides so much for lakerholics.com 
is the magic man, Sean Grice. Great to have you back, my friend. I know you and Negra Tom are going to have an upcoming date to talk about <laughs> uh, the COVID issue. But I said, let's go ahead and put that on another day where you guys can talk at length going back forward. And I'd love to get Jamie. Hopefully he'll be on as well. But and, and maybe also also L Rob, I'd love to get hear his thoughts and maybe even Spencer Young. Uh, you know those guys have been Please. sorely missed by us. But getting you on this situation with today's game again, as, as the game was never in doubt once the, the the Suns took charge, they did come back in the fourth quarter to make it at least somewhat decent and respectable. But I understand you can't take it totally verbatim because we've how many times we've we seen teams go through the preseason and they go winless or they go you know, with a really bad record, and then they end up killing it during the season. How much do you take from what the Lakers are doing right now? Yeah, Gerald, you're right. I mean, we're probably unlikely to see a LeBron death stare at Frank Vogel this offseason if things really derail. I doubt that would happen. But I agree with you. I'm I'm finding the team to be, you know, skittish and sloppy right now defensively. I mean, you're right. It does take some time to adapt to Frank's philosophies on what he wants you to do for all 24 seconds because he's the kind of coach that demands that kind of effort. So obviously, it it the the defense in this instance needs to catch up. I mean, usually it's the 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 opposite like Tom was saying, usually teams come into another season together and they already have a defensive philosophy and it's easy to apply on the court. And then the offense usually catches up in, in our, in our case, I think you're right, Gerald. I think the defense needs to really catch up here or, or it could be a concern. I mean, LeBron, LeBron, to his credit, took the statistically worst defense to an NBA Finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they got swept, but they still got to the Finals. But I, I agree with uh, the pod father here. It, I, I think if the Lakers don't have at least, you know, a, a, a mid-range defense, you know, maybe anywhere from 12th to 15th, it's going to be a concern. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. One thing I did want to talk about are the positives that you need to take away from today's game. And Laker Tom, I'll ask you this. A couple things that I wanted to go ahead and get to you is obviously, number one, and you mentioned it right off the bat, is that Anthony Davis playing the number five spot 
in this rotation in the starting lineup. And that obviously warmed your heart and also mine and everybody out there that wants this as a regular thing for the Lakers going forward. Dwight Howard wasn't in the lineup, obviously, after his uh, very unusual first exhibition game, although at what we've seen, this is not exactly out of his realm, so it's not that unusual. But then with... Pure Dwight all the way, though. Yeah, pure mm-hmm. Dwight. But Jordan, uh, DeAndre Jordan, did uh, get back on the reserve side of things, but it started off with AD at the five, which is an encouraging sign if they'll stick to it. But two individuals I wanted to go ahead and point out to you that I think you're going to talk about are Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. And they're the two younger acquisitions that we got, both of them starving for new contracts that they want to go ahead and sign next season. I see much more drive and and much more control from them than I do from THT. And now I know THT's got the big fat contract and I know he's only 20, but you and I were so high in THT last year at this time because he had scored the 33 points. He was doing really well. And someone, you know, we'd seen the signs that he was going to take that next step, yet it really never worked out during that past season. And so far, not yet, but I'm going to give it time. And obviously he's 20, but still, with what we're seeing from THT, I'm seeing Kendrick Nunn and especially Malik Monk, who just uh, has shot the lights out. Because the only player this uh, so far in the two exhibition games for Lakers has shot the lights out. I'm seeing much more from both of those two than THT. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of interesting, and it, actually, it's kind of encouraging when you think about it. I mean, I was listening. I talked earlier about uh, Tim's pod, and one of the things that that he's done on his podcast is he's now in contrast to the big three. He now is labeled a Kendrick Nunn, uh, uh, Malik Monk and uh, THT as the little three. (laughs) And because they're the three kids basically are 20, 22 and 23 years old. And they had good production in the first game. They had good production this game. None, none is looking like a guy who scored 19 points per game last year. and, And Monk is, shooting lights out he's been by far the best three-point shooter and uh and unlike kcp and caruso and and a lot of the guys that we've had uh he's not shy about firing away and i think that's the big difference it was good to see you know we've we've haven't seen the kind of shooting that we'd like they got up to 36 percent on today's game uh by coming back and shooting but you know they were over eight in the first quarter if i recall and you know it when you get behind, it's it's always a struggle, you know. And we played yeah. this whole we played the first two preseason games. I still point to the things that I like, which is that we are playing five out. We are playing with Anthony Davis at center. We are seeing uh, a good versity from different players and so forth. There were a couple of good plays from Reeves. There were a couple of good plays from Nunn. I thought that coming back to that twenty-six to seven run that we made in the fourth quarter. Without LeBron, without AD, and uh, and without Russ, uh, that's the kind of comeback that I don't think last year's team had the players to be able to do offensively. You know, I think most of our runs last year were really inspired by our defenses and hoping that our offense would just catch fire enough to, you know, that we could pull a game out. Here, I think we saw some, some good offensive potential and so forth. So I, I still remain very high on the team. It'll be interesting to see how, I mean, we know that Frank is, we know some things about the starting lineup. We know AD is probably going to start. We know that Russ and LeBron are going to start. 
We know the other two spots are going to have to balance defense and three-point shooting because Frank has said that straight out, you know. So there's a question. Now, Monk's defense, Monk's defense was pretty poor in the last game. I didn't really get enough to watch this game to see whether he was losing rotations and losing track of his man the way he did in the first game. But that's the big question because there's a the concern is that can you afford the defense when you've got Monk in there and there and and if he plays if he shoots like he's shooting now you know that makes up for a lot of defensive miscues. Yeah. Um, but he's he's the one who's challenging for a shot right now. He's challenging. I, I think I'd have to put him ahead at this point in time over Ellington for that spot because Ellington's shooting has been looks like he's caught the Lakers' disease. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that goes. Baysmore. Did Ariza play tonight? No, Tom. And the Lakers announced after the game that Trevor is going to be out at least eight weeks because he had arthroscopic surgery on his ankle. And that's bad news for the Lakers on that front. But just wanted to give you a heads up on that. I think we saw some more extension of the Anthony starting, you know, possibility thing. Which Well, he, he was in the starting lineup tonight. Yeah, he was in the starting lineup tonight. And we heard that. It's an interesting play because generally everybody was thinking, okay, we put AD at the five, we put LeBron at the four, Russ at the one, and we got shooters and defenders, three and D guys at the two and the three. It's kind of an interesting flip around to say, well, why don't you have your shooters be at the two and four so that you can play Mello at the four and let's say Ellington at the two and let LeBron slide down to the three. I wasn't a big fan of that for the simple reason that it's a lot more energy to defend a three than it is a four. Fours are like fours and fives are easier to defend than threes and twos because of the movement. You know, you're constantly backpedaling, constantly going off the screens when you're trying to defend a three, whereas a four is more of a physical game where I think LeBron can hold his own with anybody in the post as far as strength goes. Well, the advantage we have defensively is that if you put Bazemore in there, he can guard one for three. Yep. Now, depending on the one, how quick they are, how fast they are, he may not be able to uh, stay in front of them for very long. Right. But he's perfectly capable of guarding one through three. So you have you have that solution there. Vogel he's also always... he's also the lowest volume three point shooter of all of our shooters. He only takes two point seven threes per game, so he's not a guy who just lets it fly the way that that uh, Ellington would or the way that that Monk would definitely, they're both at five, six threes per game. It's interesting. I mean, Bazemore is going to be part of the mix. I personally prefer seeing us put the young kids in at the start of the game and play those two veteran defenders who are three and D defenders to close out games, you know, but I'd, I'd like to see, like to see Monk and Ellington, you know, get the start uh, just so that we got some firepower out there. And you got to balance it. You know, you, you got, I think all three superstars can be plus defenders. So I think then you can put two shooters with them. So, so Tom, let, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're likely going to see AD at the five. Who's the first guy you want to see off the bench? It's probably Kendrick Nunn if he's not starting, right? I think it could be Mello. I think it could be Mello coming in. Traditionally, Frank has pulled LeBron the middle of the first quarter and started him in the second quarter. Now that opens up a couple of possibilities that one is I, I really like the idea of, of LeBron and Nunn, for example, 
as the five and the one and three shooters, including Anthony. And, you know, you put that kind of lineup out there and all of a sudden, you know, you got LeBron and four shooters. That's, that's, that's going to be something hard to stop. I'm posting LeBron up on the second string. Whoever second string is going to be out there at that point in time could be really tough. I think Mello is in the game plan. He, you know, Mello, Mello can score, although we saw some of those shots that, that Raphael used to just grit his teeth at and, you know, say, God, oh, Jesus, Mello, no, you know, I mean, a fadeaway bank shot from 25 feet, you know, and so forth. But then he, he broke the guy down and dunked the ball on him and he can score. You know, I, I think that, I think Bazemore is probably another guy who's they're looking like as sort of the sixth man type of person. So I think Bazemore, Ariza, and Mello, two of those three, I think, will emerge as the players who first come in. And a lot depends on whether they whether they go with. I mean, is that second half of the first quarter going to be the no LeBron lineup? That's what it's been in the past. You got to play AD and Russ in the no LeBron lineup. Yeah, but the problem is I loathe the idea of having a reason Mel on the floor together defensively. I loathe. Yeah, that. yeah. No, I. Well, I I got to see a reason play. I've got to see a reason play, and see what kind of legs he's still got. Well, we got four games left, right? The last two, the Kings and the. Uh, Golden State's coming up on Friday, and we'll be back on Friday evening to go ahead and wrap that up for you. And then we and have the Sunday. then we have the Suns again. Yep, you have the Suns. Then you have the Golden State Warriors again on Tuesday. And then the Kings to finish. Yeah. Yep. So the next two games are probably going to be more like the first two games. We'll probably see the starting lineup in the last two and some semblance of the same rotations that Frank is going to run. But it could be still a little bit more uh, gritting your teeth for the next couple games at least. uh, It's not like we got a whole lot of evidence to make that decision for the set lineup that we're not going to change all year long. Yeah, that's true. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. There's still a lot of questions remain, but we'll keep trying to answer them here at the show. But before we head on out, Sean, I'm going to have you go first, my friend. Outside of the major COVID discussion that we are going to have this weekend, (laughs) and please, hopefully you and Laker Tom will not come to blows during that process. What are your thoughts on what you're doing at LakerHolics.com. Well, thank you, Gerald. Uh, you know, we're both double vaxxed. We both love each other. We won't come to blows. I'm a triple back, actually. That's all right. He <laughs> got the booster. I got my booster. I stay corrected, Mr. Wong. 
Anyway, I'm still working on the uh, the Diamond Jubilee. It's the one I put a lot of thought into over the past few months. So it's you know 75 years of the beauty of the beautiful game of basketball. It's just a, it's a beautiful thing. I love where the game's at. I'm happy that the Lakers are contenders once again because Gerald, I don't remember that long ago when we were in the doldrums. I mean, the bottom of the NBA. And now everyone's probably looking up at us throughout the season. And hopefully at the end, we stand there with the trophy. Only 17% of the general managers think we're going to win. Brooklyn, they've got their ongoing things and issues, but they are still the betting favorite and right now. And health is going to play a key and major factor in this with both Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and the Lakers, who are considered the top three choices at the time. But again, looking forward to seeing your Diamond Jubilee as far as what he's working on with the 75th anniversary for the NBA so I'm looking forward to that. And please, if you're a part of the Lakerholics community, that's something you're going to have to look forward to indeed at Lakerholics.com. But before we get on out, Laker Tom, I know you're always working on an article. And I remember Jamie giving you the parting shot the other day saying, hey, this is not on the big three for one of his articles at Five Things. But I know well, you're always working he just on did an article on the others. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it was so funny because he uh, he made sure to on the uh, social media to point out that I'm not working on what Tom is working on. So well, what is he Tom already had his on? big five, his big three. Exactly. So what are you working on at Lakerholics? I'm working on an article basically that is looking at the starting lineup and looking at the lineup situation based upon the new recent news we've had. And and it's sort of designed at, at looking at what are the, what are the things that we really know about the lineups. You know, we know AD is starting at five. That seems to be pretty well set. I think LeBron's going to start at the four and Russ at the one. And I think it is going to be the two and three where Frank will probably choose one great shooter and one great defender. And I think that that's probably the smart way to go. And then I'm also looking at just the other lineups that, that have been played around with. Uh, for example, we heard that it was... Ariza and Ellington uh, from the Mark Stein article. That was a starting lineup. And then you've had, um, I, I, I think, a bunch of people come out, in, including, uh, I think Zach Lowe came out in favor of thinking that DeAndre's going to start, you know, in that situation. Um, of which Jamie and I both said that if they, that happens, that Frank Vogel should be fired. Well, Amin Hassan from NBA Radio also said he wants to stick with a traditional five. You got those two quick fouls, and you want to make sure you keep AD out of foul trouble. So I could see his reasoning and rationality for that, but the fact is you can't go five out. It restricts your movement. It hinders the process a little bit more. The guys won't be able to drive the lanes as hard. I think overall it's a negative more than a positive. Yeah, I agree. But you know, one thing that's kind of interesting, I and mean, it was one of the points too that that you could see in the, you didn't see it today because obviously uh, DeAndre was in there. But when Dwight was in the game and DeAndre were in the game, a lot of the times you see them out at the top of the key setting screens. And that to me, there's a bunch of different things that the Lakers have done strategically and I'm kind of interested to see who they attribute these changes to because we've really now started to see multiple actions 
on the weak side while stuff's happening on the front on the strong side. And that's always been one of the big complaints about Vogel's offense that basically it's an offense that's let's run one play. If it doesn't work, then ISO somebody, you know, because we got ISO guys. And what they're what they're doing now is they are deliberately trying to keep the centers use it, setting screens and and being active on the perimeter so that they can create shots, screen blocks for shots, trade opening screen assists for shots and things of that nature that won't clog up the lane. And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing also too. There's a lot of cutters going through the lane now. If you'll notice it, if, like I start every, I start every play looking just to see where people are. Are they playing five out? And the guys are all five out. Okay. Then the guys are cutting through the key left and right. Sometimes they're gunning out, they're gunning down, they're, pin, they're setting pin down screens for shooters to come out and so forth. So there's a lot of activity that's going on that we haven't seen on the Lakers teams in the past. And I'm starting to wonder whether or not it's the new assistant coach we got who's been part of that. Um, one of the, I, I did notice on one of the plays that I did see him out there sort of directing people. And he, and he was actually taking Baysmore and telling them, no, you've got to start out here higher. You was that Fizdale? Fisdale. And so I think that there's a good chance that that maybe Fisdale is giving some input. He was one of the guys who worked a lot with um, LeBron down in, in Miami and was really was the guy who turned Bosch into a three-point shooter uh, and worked with him on being the stretch five that they wanted to have in order to really create room so that Wade and LeBron could attack the basket. Uh, lots of good things happening. Um, so my article will be out probably tomorrow on the schedule uh, and uh, on the on the lineups and the rotations and what we've learned since then. Looking forward to it. It's another great article from Laker Tom. You got to go ahead and check out what he and Magic Man. And you know what? Jamie, too. Go ahead and check out his five things articles at Lakerholics.com. You notice I got the little shot in there for him. See this time. Yes, yes. I'm sure he'll pay it back tenfold i'm sure on an upcoming show that we're going to do either the late night lakers fast break or maybe even this weekend because we are going to meet and get together this weekend for a special conversation on the coronavirus and the nba we're going to go ahead and talk about that with back and forth because my comments joe soros comments they've come up as far as in conversation off air so we're going to go ahead and bring it all to a head and hear the thoughts from sean and laker tom and Jamie Sweden, hopefully as well. And for right now, it's you guys, the Lakerholics getting together coming up this weekend. Plus, we've got a post-game show on Friday that we got to deal with. I know, Laker Tom, you will not be there. Hopefully, Sean, you'll be there. And I'll nag Jamie Sweet to death until he comes on the show. So we'll go ahead, and it's going to be late for him. He can't, he can't tell me it's too early, too early. So he's got to be here for that. Yeah, but looking and, forward to Gerald, I just want to say for the record, as far as the one-upmanship between uh, the Podfather and Jamie, Jamie's the one who started that. Okay. He's the one who instigated it. So uh, He is Admiral Akbar. It's a trap <laughs> indeed. But guys, truly appreciate you being on the show today. Looking forward to hearing more thoughts from Laker Tom on Sunday. Looking forward, Sean, to have you stop by Friday for the post game. Remember, we, again, we got Joe Sorrell coming up very soon. Plus, I interviewed Cool McCain back once again. This time he's talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. So his thoughts on if they will repeat as champions or how well do they match up their three against the Lakers big three. So we'll talk about that coming up on a future episode. Looking forward to it. Guys, 
been great talking to you. Once again, the Lakers, unfortunately, did not come out on top, but it is exhibition season, everyone, so stay calm. They did lose 117-105 to 105 in Phoenix. Looking forward to maybe getting one in the win column and looking good on Friday against Golden State. And we'll go ahead and wrap that game up in a nice, tidy little bow Friday night right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.